Hey guys, it's Danielle. Welcome back to another Pure Root Wellness Podcast, the show that discusses natural and holistic approaches for optimal health. So join me down the path towards finding the roots to your personal wellness. Hey guys, and welcome back to another Pure Root Wellness Podcast, where um, the topic today is going to be water, H2O, agua, um, the delicious topic of basically water. Um, so me, myself, um, I do live in Michigan, which is known as the Great Lakes State, um, surrounded by water. So I only thought it would be fitting to have a podcast kind of dedicated to the benefits of, obviously, but what to look out for in water, what is the best water to drink. You know, I'm always kind of wondering you know, should I be drinking this versus that? Um, should it be purified? Should it be distilled? Should it be filtered? Kind of answering some of these questions um, and really getting to know what is in your water supply um, is huge. It's an important part of your health, right? So uh, let's talk a little bit about why we're so thirsty. <laughs> um, truly, your body needs water, right? The human body itself is made up of around 70% of water itself. And I always think it's interesting that we can live without food for about 30, 40 days. Like, like truly, we could live a decent amount of time without actually entrally taking in food. But in about three to five days without water, we would be completely um, dehydrated to the point where our organs would ultimately start to fail. So just goes to show how important good, fresh you know, water is uh, for your body to maintain basic, basically homeostasis of your body. Water is, it aids in so many parts of how we function as human beings. It's responsible for digestion, absorption of certain vitamins, minerals, um, you know, food. It helps with circulation. It helps with excretion or pooping. It helps with the transport of nutrients and it helps to kind of regulate body temperature as well. So, you know, we would basically poison ourselves within our own metabolic waste if we didn't have water to actually flush out the system. That's how important water is. Um, it's interesting. I remember when I was a, a young nurse aide, actually, and um, took care of a patient who was convinced um, that the water supply that he was drinking, and this stemmed back from, I think, the 60s or 70s, when he lived in the 60s or 70s, he was convinced that the water supply was poisoned, um, that the government was trying to poison him. Um, you know, mind you, he had some other kind of illnesses um, we, were, we were, you know, dealing with, but he literally drank no water. And when I say no water, no pure water, um, he pretty much lived off of like mellow yellow, I think it was, <laughs> um, the pop. So, and, and truly, um, the man ultimately always ended up having a lot of digestive digestion problems, elimination issues, um, electrolyte problems. You could tell the body itself was very unhappy, um, you know, from a functional standpoint that he was not giving it water. So... Uh, just kind of seeing it even firsthand where, uh, you know, you see people who come in and they're like, I don't like water. Well, <laughs> your body does. So, um, you know, just something to kind of, um, you know, what I thought about kind of going through this podcast. I just thought it was truly interesting how, how much this actually did relate to what I could clinically see even as a young nurse aide. 
So the question always is, how much do I really need? Um, you know, you drink water even when you don't feel thirsty. That's the ticket. That's the key. You can put a n- number on it. You know, everyone always says eight to ten glasses. So basically, eighty ounces of water a day. I'll be honest with you. I have a hard time even doing that during, you know, my days when I am in the ICU, when we're rounding for, you know, a handful of hours and you sit here and you go, oh, sweet, I didn't have anything to drink in that time frame. Um, It kind of makes it challenging to hit that 80 ounce uh, watermark, right? So getting it in when you can, but truly drinking water when you don't feel thirsty. We often only consume enough liquid to really quench a dry throat or, you know, that satiation of needing a drink of water. But really, that's not enough to cover our total water losses. That includes insatiable losses. So sweat, breathing, peeing, pooping. Um, You know, you don't have to be doing a vigorous workout and you're sweating like a banshee. Um, The reality is throughout the day, you're losing moisture from your skin, from talking, from peeing, from pooping, all of these other kind of, um, you know, basic Um, functions of the body and you're still losing volume there so just knowing that you know that 80 ounces a day is is truly to keep up um, most part with with some of your insensible losses I'm sorry so what kind of water is the best and this has always been a question in my mind um, and I really wanted to investigate this right like what water should I be drinking specifically maybe for me um, you know that may depend on a different type of water for someone else dealing with a different health ailment someone who maybe has um, you know mineral depletion or is immune compromised um, you know these are all kind of questions that can help I guess, guide us into maybe what is the best water for each of us to be drinking. So I'm going to go through a little bit of the differences between some of the water and we'll kind of break it down from there and that might help guide us a little more on truly what is the best water, you know, for you, for me, for, you know, anyone to be drinking. So tap water is truly just surface water. It's actually water that's like runoff from ponds, creeks, streams, rivers, and lakes. So that's about half of the water in the U.S., Um, Groundwater is typically considered well water, and this groundwater can, um, you know, potentially have radon, fluoride, arsenic, iron, lead, copper, fertilizers, pesticides, um, industrial chemicals that actually leak from the soil, which I'll talk about here in a minute, Um, viruses, bacteria, parasites. Tap water itself truly has um, a a lot of different hodgepodge of stuff um, in it, per se. So, uh, you know, personally, I grew up drinking tap water. Um, It has a certain taste. You know, I know people in my family live off of well water, and that's a very different taste. Um, You know, and and sometimes you get someone saying, oh, this is well water, I can taste it. And then people who grew up on well water can taste the tap water and go, oh, my God, what's wrong with your water? You know, there's definitely a palate um, involved with it. But just know that tap water itself, yes, it's safe from a, um, I, I don't want to say poisonous aspect, but, you know, it has to meet certain um, criteria and it has to meet a certain number of toxins or chemicals um, that are in the actual water itself for it to be approved and safe for actual human consumption. But just know that tap water itself does still have a lot of these impurities that can cause um, a lot of problems to some people who are, are managing certain health uh, complications and ailments. 
Purified water is mechanically filtered or processed to remove impurities and actually make it suitable for use. Uh, purified water is, actually may still have minerals in it, so that's something kind of to pay attention to. If you're someone who supplements with minerals, additional minerals, uh, purified water may not be um, something you actually need if you're just looking to obtain more mineral content. Now, distilled water is water, it's actually purified, and it's had both contaminants and minerals removed. So distilled water is... is um, a process that actually takes all of these contaminants out and it takes the minerals out as well. So again, if you're someone who likes to supplement, um, you know, from a pill format or powder format for minerals, uh, distilled water actually may be um, a better choice for you. Over the years, there's been big hype on alkaline water. Um, interestingly enough, the research suggests that alkaline water is actually unlikely to significantly change like blood pH or even gastric pH. Um, and the reality is, you know, creating pH extremes in either direction within our system, whether you're too acidic or too alkalitic, alkaline, alkalitic, I should say, um, this can cause health problems, right? Uh, your body has certain... Um, checks and balances in it. Uh, your respiratory system communicates with the rest of your body. Your kidney system um, communicates and, and knows, you know, how acidic or how, how alkaline your body and blood is and kind of buffers in that system. So when you start trying to um, change and, you know, uh, morph, I guess, your blood pH or even your gastric pH a certain way, um, the reality is you're kind of not allowing your body to do naturally what it knows what to do. And of course, these alkaline waters are, um, they can be pretty expensive. So you're not going to really get the bank for your buck. I guess my point is if, if you're trying to um, alkaline your system, if that's, you know, kind of, I guess I could say that. Bottled water, it's just that. Um, you know, bottled water, although convenient, and, um, you know, if you're not going to drink any water and bottled water is the only choice by all means, um, but there's still concern for, you know, BPA leaching into the water, um, especially when, you know, if these water bottles um, have been sitting out in the heat under the sun um, for, you know, hours or days or what have you, um, you know, that BPA can slowly leach into the water from a microscopic kind of standpoint. And thinking about the environmental factors really associated with bottled water, right? Um, it goes in a landfill. If you're not recycling, um, that's a big problem for our environment. So if you do choose bottled water for convenience or what have you, trying to keep it um, under you know normal temperature, if not in the refrigerator, don't leave it out in the sun, don't leave it in your car. Um, you know, these are kind of the the worse environments for exponentially leaching that BPA into the water. And then obviously being um, someone who recycles, right? Uh, do your part, recycle the plastic and um, create kind of a better environment for ourselves and, the, and our future, um, you know, people that we'll love. So I'm going to stop here and talk just briefly, you know, when I was talking about tap water and groundwater and even well water, all of the kind of chemicals and contaminants that can be found in the water, it was interesting, you know, kind of reading on this topic. And I go back into the past, um, one of the, you know, years back in 1993, 
you know, over 370,000 people were actually infected with a parasite from tap water uh, with uh, cryptosporidium from the water supply, basically the city's water supply. And I won't say where the city is. It's not, it doesn't really matter. Um, But there were 100 deaths that were actually attributed to this outbreak. And it's not a shock that immune compromised people were a huge risk of death um, during this, you know, outbreak uh, if they became infected. And, uh, you know, Giardia was also another intestinal parasite uh, that was considered to be contracted during, you know, these people consuming the drinking water and actually, again, could be lethal if ingested by someone with an immune compromised or in an immune compromised state. So being from Michigan, um, I would like to think that a majority of the people have heard of the Flint River um, water crisis, where the water was heavily contaminated with lead and possibly Legionella bacteria. And our state government officials um, chose, and I'm talking high state government officials, chose to cover it up for several years. And innocent people who lived in Flint, and I say people, this includes lots and lots of children, uh, were affected, um, were heavily affected through um, ingestion of this water, through, you know, um, cognition, through illness. And they continued to pay this water bill, not knowing that they were pretty much being poisoned with lead and other contaminants that were in the water itself. And to me, this is um, the biggest form of just complete and utter um, negligence and not protecting people who think they're truly, you know, drinking something or consuming something and and assuming that everything is okay um, and not being protected by people that are in charge of protecting you from things just like this. Um, Just a horrible, horrible kind of thing to learn as it all kind of unfolded. Um, And even to piggyback off of that, I come from a hometown where um, one major shoe company, Wolverine Worldwide, um, over the years, I mean, I remember literally riding my bike uh, past Hush Puppies and Wolverine Worldwide uh, Tannery. And um, they used a lot of Scotchgard, obviously, for their shoes, which can be considered um, a poison if ingested, um, you know, at certain amounts. Uh, Over the years, handful of years, if not more, uh, they started finding contaminants in the soil related to a lot of their dumping grounds close to my hometown and in my hometown, um, showing high levels of PFAS in the water. And... Again, it's just kind of another, I guess, depiction of large industrial companies or large powerful people choosing to turn the cheek, uh, most likely for a financial or monetary gain, um, knowing that they could be in big trouble if this was found out. And truly, just now, I'm like I said, this happened a handful, if not more years ago, at least in my hometown. And just now people are starting to get um, reimbursement if you live within these areas of PFAS. I mean, I still have family members that are getting um, Culligan Man water delivered to their door every day because you can't drink the water. And this is, like I said, handfuls of years um, in the making already. And they're just starting to kind of see a monetary um, reimbursement for 
what has happened. Um, so, you know, just something to be cognizant of. Yes, you think that um, your city and, uh, you know, your government officials are looking out for you and making, um, you know, water safe for you to drink. Um, but I think at this point, seeing what I've seen, at least um, in two major cities uh, in my state alone, um, I choose to err on the side of, uh, you know, filtering my water. And um, we'll talk a little bit more about types of filters here in the um, last slide. But I don't know. I just feel like you have to take care of you at this point because it makes you wonder if other people whose job was to take care of you from a water consumption standpoint are actually doing just that. And then more water options would be like mineral water. Mineral water has dissolved solids originating basically from an underground water source or a spring that's been tapped. It has minerals and trace elements allowing for seasonal variation and taste and content. And again, um, you know, there's caution here if you're over repleting minerals and trace elements. Um, if you're already consuming or supplementing with minerals or trace elements um, in your diet or from a supplemental form, um, this may not be the best route just because it's just that, right? You need trace amounts of these and overconsumption can lead to um, problems. Natural spring water, it means the mineral content in the bottled water um, has not been altered at all. So it may or may not have been treated or filtered. It should actually say on the bottle. And it's also from an underwater source or spring that's been tapped. Spring, the definition of spring means that there must be a natural force that brings the water to the surface opening. And they also should locate the spring. Um, it must be on the label. So you'll actually know where that spring was tapped from if you're drinking natural spring water. And then sparkling water, it's just bottled water. It has the same amount of carbon dioxide that was um, that it had in it when it emerged from the water source. They didn't add any more kind of fizzy bubbly to it. So I think now is a good time to talk about fluoride versus non-fluorinated water. And again, um, being the great water state that we are, um, my hometown, again, was one of the first cities um, in the country back in 1945 to fluorinate their water. And, you know, there was always um, the push that it helped to develop and maintain strong bones, teeth, um, and the American Dental Association uh, really pushed for everyone to be drinking this fluorinated water um, to prevent cavities, basically. And it's it doesn't go without saying that fluoride can do just that. There's no doubt. It can protect children's teeth um, from what the research is showing. Um, you know, the Cochrane uh, Library Review in 2015, they actually found that while, you know, water fluorination, it was effective in reducing tooth decay among children. There was no studies that actually aimed to determine the effectiveness of water fluoridation to prevent cavities in adults um, or that they met the review's inclusion criteria. So just kind of keep that in mind. But my point is, Fluoride can build up in the body and it can start to actually cause harm to the immune system. And typically, sodium fluoride is what is actually added to the city water. And this is usually around one part per million to help prevent tooth decay. Natural calcium fluoride, this is not what's used to treat the water itself, 
Um, that's naturally found in, in water and foods, um, you know, soil and things of that nature. But sodium fluoride is what's actually added to the city water. And the research does show that some fluorinated water are linked to Down syndrome, model teeth, cancers. But the reality is each individual has a different level of tolerance for certain toxins, especially fluoride. So when you talk about fluoride and it may be dangerous at high levels, um, one thing that I was kind of finding out while looking at all of this was excessive fluoride can cause fluorosis or change in tooth enamel that range from barely noticeable to white spots um, to staining and pitting of the teeth. And fluoride can also become very concentrated in the bones. That's kind of where it settles in um, once it's consumed and kind of worked through the system. And this can ultimately stimulate bone cell growth, basically altering the tissue structure and weakening the skeleton at some point in time, kind of indirectly. And the scariest thing that I kept kind of reading or the most worrisome was really a preliminary research that was done in laboratory animals. Now, again, this is laboratory animals. This is not humans, but it suggested that high levels of fluoride actually may be toxic to brain and nerve cells. And there were human epidemiological studies that have identified possible links to learning, memory, cognition deficits, and most of these studies focused on populations with fluoride exposure higher than those typically provided in the U.S. water supply. So again, kind of take it with a grain of salt. We hope that our U.S. you know um, water city companies are are cleaning and filtering and making sure that the one part per million of sodium fluoride is what it says it should be, um, you know, at, at the baseline level before, you know, you start having issues with the fluoride itself kind of building up in the system. But again, I can't help but just worry that that's actually happening. And when I read things that you know, high levels of fluoride and buildup of fluoride can cause all of these issues. Um, it just makes me deeply concerned, right? Um, and, and more the reason maybe to um, work on filtering some of these contaminants out. And again, you know, looking at what the American Dental Association is saying, they actually state that maternal exposure, so, you know, pregnant women, Exposure to higher levels of fluoride during pregnancy were associated with lower IQ in children's ages three to four. You know, uh, again, it just makes me a little concerned that, you know, you're looking at children, you're looking at pregnant women. These are very vulnerable populations. And if you told me any amount of fluoride, um, you know, at any level could potentially cause some problems, I don't know, I just sit here and go, why don't we err on the side of caution until we can kind of prove otherwise? Um, but many cities don't feel that um, that's the case and that should be the case. So talking a little more about sodium fluoride now, I know I've mentioned it a couple times, the natural form is calcium fluoride that's kind of within the environment itself, but sodium fluoride or stannous fluoride and sodium monofluorophosphate these are also added to toothpaste to prevent tooth decay. So if you look at your toothpaste, um, it says fluorinated, right? It'll, you know, it'll say fluoride in it. Um, you know, it's kind of another, 
I guess, avenue <laughs> that your body continuously consumes fluoride on top of tap water. So again, it's not just the water. It's not just you know food you're eating that has the water in it. Um, you're also exposing yourself kind of on a daily, if not twice daily basis of um, sodium fluoride as well within the toothpaste. Um, if your tap water has fluoride in it, which mine does, again, living in, I'm in a different you know area of the state now, um, but if your tap water has fluoride in it and you want to filter it out, the use of reverse osmosis, distillation, um, or alumina filtration system is what's actually going to get that fluoride out. So, you know, not to like throw, you know, products out or product names, but like a Brita ain't going to do it. Okay. Um, do I enjoy drinking out of Brita water? You bet. It's delicious. Um, but if you're truly specifically looking at filtration of fluoride out, um, that is not going to get it done. Most often, you know, the filter is is just a carbon filter. It attracts certain particles like chloride, uh, chlorine, zinc, copper, uh, mercury. Um, it does not remove nitrates, bacteria, viruses. Um, but the couple brands that I did look at called Brand Clearly Filtered has a pitcher and a water bottle that will filter out fluoride. Um, otherwise, most filter systems will not take it out. This other brand that I kind of started investigating and I actually own called Every Drop brand it fits um, in my fridge kind of water filter it offers products that can truly filter out over 73 contaminants in your water including lead asbestos pesticides mercury pharmaceuticals yes i said pharmaceuticals i'm talking pills that have been thrown away in the water system or dissolved in the water system um you know these these we can truly see in the water sometimes seizure medications, blood pressure medications, steroids, anti-inflammatories, antibiotics um, are a huge one as well. So this Every Drop brand, um, they have kind of pick and choose what you would like filtered out. And that obviously is kind of based on cost. But I truly, I think the water tastes absolutely fabulous. Um, I use it for me. I use it for my kiddo. I use it for my animals as well as that sounds. Uh, but if you're just thinking, if you are drinking as much water as you possibly can throughout the day, but you're getting micro doses of blood pressure medications and steroids and antibiotics and anti-inflammatory, all these, you know, mercury, things like that, fluoride, again, um, this is important, right? This is important for your health. And if you're telling me there's something available that can filter that out, you bet I'm going to rock and roll with it. So um, just some suggestions there. Obviously not, uh, you know, bashing any product, but um, just some products that I found to be truly beneficial um, with actually purifying out the contaminants in my water system or if I am going to use tap water. So what is the take home? Water is obviously a necessity for healthy cells and promoting normal function of your body. There's no shocker there. Um, but there also is no argument of, you know, people come up to me, like I said, I don't like how water tastes. Water has no taste. <laughs> That's kind of how I like look at it, right? You can't say that you don't like the taste of water. You don't like the taste of water because nine times out of 10, people are drinking other things full of sugar. Well, no doubt. Sugar does taste better than water, but you can't drink sugar. You just can't drink sugar. It's it's horrible for your health. It's horrible for your system. Your cells can't use sugar. You need the water, basically. Um, so there's no, it's a mute point. 
Find a way to make your water taste good. Don't add a bunch of extra crap in it. You know, you have all these like squeeze things that you can add. Like look at what's in that too, right? If it makes you drink more water at the beginning, fine. I guess do what you've got to do. But the reality is your body just wants water. Just give it what what's it what it needs and then you can have as a treat, you know, your one glass of pop a day or something with meal, you know, with dinner or something to that extent. Um, but truly there's no excuse. It's a mute point. I don't like how water tastes. It has no taste. That's how it's supposed to taste. Just drink more water. That's the end of that. Invest in a filter for the fridge, a filtered water bottle, a pitcher, something that will give you that fresh, crisp water taste, knowing that you're not getting the impurities and all of the garbage that truly is in tap or well water. Um, You know, this is for your health. Again, if you're, you know, living to be in your 80s, 90s, even 100s, and you've constantly microdosed your body, um, you know, that long. Um, I hate to say it, if you make it to 80s, 90s, 100, you know what I'm saying? Like by 40s, 50s, you start seeing all these things go wrong. It could just be because of that, all of the impurities and all of the contaminants and, and you know, crap that was in the water system that you've bombarded your your body for so long. You don't have to buy the fancy water really to get the same old benefit of plain old water. Find a brand that um, you like, whether it be filtered or purified, something that's, um, you know, within your budget. If the filtered water, like I said, to me, that's the easiest. I put it in my fridge and just keep filling that up, filling that up, um, you know, a big a big water bottle if you can. Um, that's truly maybe the cheapest and best way to go. And if you're concerned about fluoride in your water, consider the filters that do just that. Uh, You know, I would be more concerned if you're pregnant, breastfeeding, uh, you know, little ones at home, you're using this water for bottles, things of that nature, Um, truly investing in that. Um, I won't go on a rant on bashing fluoride altogether. Um, I do think it can have some benefits, like I said, in promoting, um, you know, tooth decay and things of that nature. But again, I'm not going to sacrifice um, my my child's health, my health, um, people I love's health just to not have cavities. <laughs> um, cavities are bad and they're not good and oral health is very important. Uh, but I also think consuming um, mass amounts of fluoride is very detrimental to your body. Um, So even making little moves, like I said, like buying that filtered water, you're still going to get some fluorination from, you know, if you're at work and they don't fluorinate, um, you know, at least you know your home water is unfluorinated. And truly, I've always been a big fan of of non-fluorinated toothpaste. I don't need it. Um, I have good, healthy, um, you know, teeth. um, And I haven't been using any fluorinated toothpaste, I want to say probably now for almost 15 plus years. Um, and my tooth health, my, you know, dental health has not suffered by any means, shape or form. So just something to consider, um, you know, personally for you. Um, I hope this was helpful. Uh, just providing a little more information, answering some questions. I always wondered about, you know, what is the difference between this, that, X, Y, Z. Um, truly, I think we don't talk enough about the benefits of water and what type of water we should be drinking and what is in the water. Um, but it's time now, you know, learn more, educate yourself. And I truly hope uh, this was helpful to you guys. So I hope you all are well and be well. 
Thanks for listening to another Pure Root Wellness Podcast. To learn more about ways to optimize your health using nutritional and supplemental support, visit my website at pureroutwellness.net, where you'll find more videos and links regarding holistic approaches to your nutrition, supplement knowledge, and health topics. Be well, friends. The content distributed in this podcast is intended for informational purposes only 